And we are super psyched to welcome our newest sponsor, Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest best source for premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle, that's West Seattle, or Portland stores. You'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. I know because I'm in there a lot. Grab a cup of coffee, swing on in, don't spill your coffee, and check it all out. And now if you use code TOURSTORIES10, you can get 10% off at thunderroadguitars.com. Yes, that's me playing guitar. Hello, big news from our friends over at DistroKid. They now have an app. This app works on iOS and Android, of course, and it's available in the Apple Store and Google Play Stores and all the stores where you buy apps. Go check it out. It's got a lot of cool features. You can upload new releases. You can get notified when you've earned royalties. Awesome. You can withdraw from the app via push notifications. A little dangerous for me, but rad. Anyways, go check it out. It's all at distrokid.com app. And don't forget, you can still get 30% off your DistroKid account by going to distrokid.com VIP slash tour stories. Have a great one. We continue to celebrate our friends and partners over at Isotope, and we got some big news for you. The gold standard of audio repair, RX11, is coming in May. In the meantime, you can buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. Tour Story listeners get 10% off by using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All at isotope.com. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hello, Tour Story listeners. Thank you for your continued support, and welcome to Season 4. I'd like to take a second to thank our friends and sponsors over at Isotope. Here at Ruinous, Chris and I rely heavily on easy-to-use tools like RX and Ozone for all of our audio repair, mixing, and mastering. Now, Tour Story listeners can get 10% off Isotope plugins or try Music Production Suite Pro for free for 30 days using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. To get your discount and check out all of their easy-to-use products, go to isotope.com slash ruinous. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com slash ruinous. And use code FRET10. And thank you for listening. Will, how you doing? Good, good. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm here in Seattle. Where are you? Uh, Union City, New Jersey. At my uh, at the studio right now, Silver Studios. I could see a little bit of studio equipment back there. Yeah, see my that's my uh, SB12. That was the first sample I ever got. Really? Yeah, yeah. Still using it? Yeah, I just just refurbished it recently. So I mean, I I don't know about the same amount, but you know, definitely still using it. It's like I don't know something about that sound quality. I can't you can't really replicate that. So yeah, how's Jersey feeling these days? Good, man. I actually just. Uh, just got home, um, was up in uh, Chicago and the Evanston area for a week. Kind of a mix of uh, hanging out with some friends, and uh, my wife had a work thing she had to do, so I just kind of took the time just to wander around, go to some uh, record shops, and, you know, just kind of chill for a little bit. It's been a minute since I traveled, so 
That's nice. Are are uh, people coming through? Is is it opening up? I mean, I you know, it's kind of opening up everywhere. Are you seeing bands or anyone coming through? Yeah, I uh, you know, like uh, was it last year we did a uh, Cold Waste Festival, so that was like the first uh, first show we played in like two years. And then at, as a fan, uh, recently I uh, I had like a what was it maybe like two weeks like where it was just like back to back. I went to go see uh, Tool play, and then I went to go see Elton John. And, you know, I didn't even really think about it until I was like in the midst of it, where I was like, "Yo, it's like an arena full of people." <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Like there was definitely that second, where, like that moment where I was like, "Yo, what am I doing? Like, what, what am I around all these people?" But uh, it was good, man. It was, it was, you know, what I mean, it was nice to to just see live music again, man. At least like a little bit of normalcy. It's still, you know, still not a hundred percent like the uh, the Tool show. I wasn't really able to, you know, like they weren't having anyone backstage or anything. It was just, yeah. you know, they were all bubbled up and everything just to kind of keep the keep the show on the road. So, you know, it's not necessarily exactly the way, you know, it used to be, but at least you get to see some brothers up on stage playing again, which is nice, you know. Yeah, I had a similar experience with um, War on Drugs recently. They they came through Seattle. They're bubbled up also, of course. I, yeah. I did a little touring where I was in the same position last year. But, you know, I'm I'm by myself, walk into this venue, surrounded by people and i'm just naturally go and just stare at the band watch the band and then you look around and you're like whoa i'm at a show you know and there's yeah. there's a naturalness to it still thankfully i didn't lose it but then yeah it just dawns on me it's like fuck i'm surrounded by people again yeah yeah like, like go go into the go into the show initially i didn't even really like think of it it was just like a normal oh i'm going to a show you know what I mean? that's what i mean but parking your car yeah yeah, yeah once, but once you're in the midst of it for there's that second where you're like, Oh, what am I doing? <laughs> like, yeah. What is this? But yeah. um but yeah, but I like yo, know, I was you know, just a welcome relief to to just witness live music again, man. Just as a fan. I mean, I miss this so much. And uh, you know, playing in Chicago, being on stage as a as a performer, there was like that side of it where I can't even explain that that feeling, man, 'cause like not being on stage for two years, that yeah. that was something, man. Like that, you know, being able to being able to rock again was uh like that feeling was just amazing. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I, again, I got to play a handful of shows last year, and it was incredible. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the the Chicago one was was deep, man, because that was still you know that was uh, that was last year, so it was still kind of in the midst of it. We had ended up uh, canceling a bunch of dates just because I didn't really, I don't know, man. Like I just you know myself, like just philosophically, I just didn't feel right ma- making people gather unnecessarily. I just felt yeah. like it just felt really selfish. It just felt like unnecessary like i understand like you know everyone loves music i get it like i, I love music man i, I, I want to get back to the shows and stuff but i was just like man it just doesn't feel right so we had ended up canceling like a stretch of shows and then uh you know there was that the cold waste festival uh i knew that um clipping had canceled and i just kind of you know like it was our first time playing at Colways, and i just i just felt like i don't know this responsibility to the festival where i was like man i would hate to see something like that fall apart it's like, you know, such like, it's a, like amazing lineups that they put together. You know what I mean? Like I was like, talk to my partner and I was just like, yo, you know, talk to Mike and we were like, yeah, you know, let's do it. But it was like, you know, <clears throat> everything leading up to the show was terrible. But, uh, you know, the, the, the hour that, you know, the, whatever the 40, 40 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever it was, the hour being on stage, that was amazing. It was like, you know, like that feeling was just incredible. It was worth the, uh, you know, being backstage, like in your tiny little dressing area, like with your mask on or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, Wondering how many t- if you washed your hands enough times. Yeah. All that yeah. stuff. Um, during the break, did you glean anything positive? Did you were you able to step back and look at what you do and feel all right about it, or or kind of 
you know, existential question of like, what, what is all this? You know, and just, I, like I, I got pretty anxious. I mean, most people did. It kind of seems to be split half and half, but yeah. some people are like, yeah, I got something positive out, out of it. And it's always I, surprising what I, they did. I mean, you know, like <clears throat> being, being in Jersey, you know, like right, right outside of Manhattan, the death toll was just crazy, man. You know, but um, witnessing that much, like just that, that much death and that, you know, just that much pain, it was just a lot to deal with. Um, but, you know, on a personal level, I'd say that there definitely was, you know, there, there was silver linings in the sense that initially, I mean, there was definitely like the anxiousness. There was definitely, you know, like what's going on, like what, what is happening in this world, like all of that. But what it kind of like, not that it opened up a little, but when you were able to kind of like, you know, take the bubble of people that you were around, I ended up like being around my family especially like once, people, like once people got vaccinated. Um, I don't think I've been home this long in like almost two decades. Right. So that side of it, like being able to like have like dinner with my family or like see like my nieces and nephews and just spend time like on a Friday playing cards. You know what I mean? Like with my dad and my brother-in-laws, like to be honest with you, like I, I, I cherish those moments and I don't know if I would have had those moments had the world not stopped for a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, that side of it, figuring out that, you know, that me and my wife actually do love each other because we were like in a cramped ass apartment for two years and didn't yeah. kill each other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely the positives. Where I was like, yeah, I was like, wow. I was like, okay. I was like, you know, a lot of this is all right. It's funny, man. Like, even though I know, you know, my chosen career is to be on stage and to be in front of people, I'm not really an extrovert in that sense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like in my regular life, I'm not someone that needs to be the center of attention. I'm not the person that needs to be out all the time. Like I like being home. I like being at my studio. So from that side of it, just being in one location and being able to work was, was amazing. I mean, like I said, like early on, I wasn't even able to come to the studio building. So that was a problem. But yeah, once, once I was able to come in here, man, like, you know, being able to work for like, you know, like undisturbed basically for that, that amount of time, like it was definitely good, you know. Like I, I did like that um the meditation series that I released on Bandcamp, and I had never worked on something like that where where I was releasing stuff so immediately after creating it. You know, usually like for for the Dalek albums, we usually take was a good at least at least a year, if not two years, like between albums to actually like craft the records and work work on the albums. Mm-hmm. And this stuff I was releasing within a month's time, so I would record, mix, do the artwork, and release it all within a month's time. So having that kind of immediacy and being able to react to the different things that were happening in the world, not just the pandemic, but you know, the police shootings, like the, the uprisings, like all of that. You know what I mean? Like all the social strife that was going on, being able to, to react to it and to express what was going on inside of me immediately was something that I never really had the ability to do musically. And, and like that side of it was amazing, man. And it definitely, that like seeped its way into what became whatever post, um, pandemic version of sure. of uh precipice like when we released that next album like that way that i was working for for meditations definitely like seeped into into the the album you know what i mean yeah um, so there, i mean like there's in, in those in those sorts of things there's you know you can find silver linings um you know overall the situation was horrible <laughs> but yeah. yeah i i you know some people as you say found some silver lining and and you know most of it is not a silver lining uh, I no. want to acknowledge that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just been interesting. And, and back to that, uh, I do want to talk about that meditation stuff because man, I really love that stuff. I, 
I got into it on headphones and started with one. And I, I, I don't, I don't know if it's seven, right? Is it seven? Yeah, it's uh, seven. I haven't seven. made it all the way through to seven, but it's really meditative. Honestly, it's it sounds corny, but all the experimental references that I have that are in that, I got digging through my records again, did all kinds of deep diving on experimental avant-garde that all of those tunes remind me of. Um, it's just, it's really beautiful. And that is, thank you, man. Thank that's you. an incredible yeah, I... series. And I encourage people to listen to it. And if you don't listen to it in order, just start with your very intro because there's an intimacy there that just sets the, well, you know. I, I think I think what um what I love most about it, and thank you, like, you know, thank you for those words, man. But uh, like what I think what I love most about it is just how organically it happened. It really wasn't. It wasn't. I, I didn't know what it was gonna be. I didn't. You know, what I mean, because it was basically it was like having my livelihood taken away from me. You know, after being on the road for like pretty much nonstop for like for two decades, just have like the brakes hit on you like immediately without, you know what I mean? Without like anything. Um, the only lucky thing was that we were already planning to work on the next record. So like we weren't going to, we weren't going to tour in 2020 regardless. So that kind of worked out in our favor, I guess. But the way it started was I was like, I was like, I've been doing like a, like online you know, like it's now like everybody does it, but like, you know, like I'm, I'm going to be that dude be like, you're always doing that years ago, but for <laughs> real, I have a DJ online and broadcast, you know, I mean, and like, I'm, I'm no D nice, man. So I didn't have like 20 million people tuning in, but sure, sure. you know, I, I would have like, you know, 10 or 15 people tuning in, yeah. and, uh, you know, just to pass the time and just to kind of like have some sort of pseudo human connection. I was doing these like DJ broadcasts from my home office. Cause I couldn't even come to the studio. So it was like, off of an iPad and me just basically just like playing songs, DJing on an app and, you know, drinking and just like, and talking to, you know, talking to friends that would tune in, you know, in the chat yeah. and just bullshit and had a couple cameras set up and, and like, it started with me DJing. And then one day I had brought like a little bit of equipment home from here so I could like have a little like work set up at my home office. And uh, just on a whim, I was like, oh, let me just broadcast it and I'll just start like making beats live. You know what I mean, yeah. just kind of like, I didn't even think it was going to be good. I was just like, eh, you know, let me make, uh, this is what I'm doing tonight. I'm going to, you know, have a couple drinks and work on some beats and if people tune in, cool. And, you know, people tuned in and I was like that whole first meditations, it was basically like when I was done with the broadcast, it was maybe like, I don't know, like three, like three hours or something. And uh, one of the dudes that I tuned in was like, oh, yo, like where, like, where can I buy that? And I was like, I wasn't <laughs> even, but um. Yeah, when the dude said that, I was like, yeah, I guess so. I was like, maybe, yeah, I was like, maybe I'll put it up on Bandcamp. And straight up, it was like everything just kind of like happened organically, man. Like I edited it, put it on Bandcamp. And then like, I think it was like within a week, they were talking about doing the Bandcamp Friday things once a month. And then I was like, oh, I was like, maybe I should do this and try mm -hmm. to like, you know, just kind of put put like this like time frame on myself, you know, have it ready for the next Bandcamp Friday and release it yeah. every month. And it just kind of, you know, it was dope because it, not only did it give me like focus as far as like being able to get all this aggression and, you know, these feelings that I had inside me out, but it also kind of like focused me and gave me like something to do and something to like to wake up in the morning for. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, right. otherwise it was like, well, what am I going to do today? Like sit around and watch TV. Like it's stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I want to like work on music. I want to do something. So it kind of like, it just, it really gave like those seven months, like a lot of purpose and, it also, like, as things opened up, as the studio opened up, uh, my boy Dev One, like, he was probably like, one of my first boys that started coming through the studio, and it would just be me and him chilling here. And uh, I had him come on and, like, be on a couple joints. So 
like the the further along it went, it became like this. It was just like every month it was something new with what was going on in the world, but also like with the format of the album, it started becoming more like mini albums, like more really, not not like planned out, but just like they it would be like I, I guess just more thought out, like oh like you know I want to go more in this direction this time, and there's like these experimental passages, but then like there's also like full on like dialect songs that exist within within these meditation joints, which and I didn't even like really advertise it like that because that, that I didn't. I wanted to, whoever was into it. I wanted them just to to pick it up and discover, you know, have them like, oh, like I'm getting like this experimental meditations album. But then it's like, oh, wait a minute, I never heard this song before. You know what I mean? And it's like, there's like yeah. these gems in there yeah. that I tried to put in there. Um, and even like, yo, like to this to this day, like you know, there's seven of them. I released them so quickly that at this point, I was listening to them the other night, and I was just had them on like on, on random and like. Uh, joint came on and like I, I didn't even remember like where the song went or, or that it had a certain part and like there's like one song that had like this like these, this verse comes in and I was like what? I, was like, no, I wrote that? <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like, the thing is like I, I usually love that about just music in general just being like surprised by music and to have like your own album surprise you like that is kind of it's nice you know what I mean? Like especially ones that I released like so recently so it's I'm really proud of, of that uh, whole series just because of what it captures and like when it happens and, and like what it, what it did for me. And, and honestly, man, like to the, to the fans that, that picked it up, they, they held me down. Like, you know I mean, like for that year, like they were, they were, they, they were like putting bread in my pocket, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like by buying this stuff at a time when there were no prospects for shows, there were no prospects for, for anything, you know? So like, I'm, I'm forever grateful to the people that picked it up, man. Cause that, that definitely meant a lot. And to Bandcamp, man, cause what they did with the Bandcamp Friday thing, I think is a beautiful thing. More companies that that are you know supposedly you know like on the musician side should be doing something like that because that that's really like, that changed a lot of people's lives. Man. Yeah, yeah, and and a little bit, just a little bit more on that. We got to talk about precipice, but um, as you were saying, you know, as you surprised yourself with some of those uh, meditation tunes, I again encourage people to take a deep listen. And the longer tunes are my favorite. You can just hear your brain turning, or at least imagine because. Then a beat comes in, half a beat, and then it, right. and then there's this groove all of a sudden, worth the digging also, in there. It was also just nice that um there was no, there's no time constraint. Although like I think about it now, like I would love to have it on vinyl, but that was yeah. never, that was never part of the equation. So like there was never any thought about like oh like these songs can't be, fifteen minutes because I'm gonna need like a quadruple like vinyl. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean yeah, like yeah. it was not like none of that like none of those like technical restraints were ever even a question it was just like just create just finish it just put it out and like the rawness and the immediacy of it and like just like the free form of it is what i love man like you said like it's like you know there's joints on there that are like 10 minutes long or whatever 15 minutes long and i let i let each piece just be what it needed to be at that moment and uh yeah. it's, it's definitely a beautiful way to work man like i would you know like in retrospect i would love to have it on vinyl i just don't I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, I, honestly, I, I don't know if there's enough vinyl in the market right now to be able to make it. There you know isn't. I mean? There actually isn't right now. They'd be like, uh, 15 years, we'll have your test pressing for you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, again, Precipice is your new record coming out uh, April 29th. Is that yeah, right? Yeah. On Epicac. Um, and uh, I want to talk on that. I'm assuming you got plans to go out and support it. And we were talking about touring and performance a little bit earlier. You think when you go out, 
uh, in 22 or or in the future, you're going to do anything different after this involuntary break we've all had? You got a different view on touring or performing? Yeah, um, I mean, we are we are going out right now. We have European dates set up for uh, end of May and into June. I think it's basically a little bit over a month that we'll be out total. I think we're doing uh, the UK as well in that time frame. Which I'm, you know, I'm so looking forward to, man. Uh, and I, you know, but it's sign of the times that we live in, man. It's like it's not just the uh, pandemic now. It's like you know we're keeping an eye on what's going on in Ukraine and all that. Cause yeah, Europe is a very small place, man. I don't think people understand like how like how close and how tight those countries are to each other. You know, I'm hoping that everything you know works out. You know that we're able to able to get out there, man. Because uh, you know I definitely want to get out there and rock. Um, we also have a couple of uh, a couple of U.S. states lined up. Unfortunately, I have uh, I, I don't know how much touring I'm going to be able to do in the U.S. right now. Just financially, the U.S. just doesn't not really working out for us, man. Like when you look mm-hmm. at the gas prices, when you look at travel costs, yeah. like all of that. Like we're not we're not a huge band, man. So it's like unfortunately, if, if the bread ain't right, like it's very difficult for us to make it happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think you do better in Europe generally? Yeah, we 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 always have, and I I mean like I'll I'll take part of the blame for it in the sense that uh us not i guess being bigger in the u.s or playing as much in the u.s or having as much popularity in the u.s we had early on we had a lot more success in europe and again man like just being real financially it just made more sense to go to europe and play festivals and play club dates that were actually paying us like money that we could live on than to continue playing in the u.s where we were you know basically playing for like gas money you know what i mean like, yeah. And yeah. That, like that Early on, like when we started, man, like, you know, we were playing VFW halls in people's basements and, you know, opening up for indie rock bands and all that. And that was fine when I was, you know, when we were first starting yeah. and we were, you know, and we were, we were kids, man. Like I was like, you know, I had no problem with that, but realistically, man, it's like, you know, when, when the opportunity arose in Europe and Japan and, you know, in other places to play and, and they were offering real, real bread. And it's not, it's like, you know, I know people are like, they, they have that romantic notion that, you know, you need to be a starving artist and you need to, you know, suffer for your art. And look, listen, like basically we have to, because that's the way this world is set up, but it's not right. And, and like artists, artists need to, need to survive, man. Like, you know, you need to be able to put a roof over your head and to, you know, just to live, man. And also, you know, it's like, yo, like you start getting older and it's like, yo, at this point I'm 46 years old, man. Like I'm not sleeping on nobody's floor. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, if if the if the show if the show doesn't include a hotel room, I'm not doing it. You know what I mean? And and the, to me, that's not that's not being a prima donna. That's not being like you know like I'm a superstar and like that. That's just like yo like you you would want the same for your job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you were working some job that was sending you to another town to 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 work, and they told you that you had to sleep on somebody's floor, you'd be like, oh fuck you. I'm yeah. not, you know what I mean? <laughs> I like I quit. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so it's just, to me, it's like, I just want, you know, I want the basics. You know, we've always been like a blue-collar band, man. Like we've always been, like, I, I love music, man, and I love, I'm so grateful for, that I've been able to do this for 20 years. But what I do, I look at the same way that when I was working as a car messenger when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I put the same work, work ethic behind that. To me, there's no difference between what I do and, you know, and a car delivery person or a or a garbage man, or a carpenter, or whatever, or, or a blue, or, or a white collar worker. Like they're all jobs, man, and like yeah. none of them make you better or less than anyone. Like I don't see myself as something special in that sense. I, I'm lucky that I get to do what I love, and you know, 
rock for people and that people resonate with the things that really that I'm making for, for selfish reasons that I'm making because it makes me feel more human to do. But at the same time, it's like when, when it came to touring, man, like it's like we had to go like where, where the finances dictated mm -hmm. that we should go, you know? And like looking back, it's like, yeah, we probably could have been like a little more successful if we like stuck around in the U S like longer, but I don't know, man, like I don't have any regrets. Like, you know, like I said, I've been doing this for 20 plus years. I've made the contacts with the people that I've wanted to make contacts with. I've gotten to play with, you know, idols of mine, man. And, I, I, you know, there's, there's idols that I consider close friends now. There's, there's no, you know, like, I've, I've made and I continue making the music I want to make. And, like, that's, that's really what's always been the most important to me, you know? Right. That reminds me, uh, it dawned on me, I think, a week ago that I used to be in a band called the Blackheart Procession. Oh, yeah, man. And I think I we played band. a couple shows together. And, and when you're talking about Europe, I think we both had a little bit of a heyday around the same time in Europe. Uh, AT, ATP we played. We oh, played yeah. Right, yeah, I think it was right before you guys. That's and right. At that, point, at that point, man, like I was like obsessed with your band, straight up. I think you did a remix yeah. of a, I did. Uh, Heaven I and did. Hell. or I'm not yep. sure. I can't remember what song it is. Yeah, it's uh, Heaven and Hell. Paul brought your CD into our, we had, I remember we had a brand new van. We were so psyched. And one of the first CDs on it was your first record. Uh, awesome. I listened to it so much. I, I have fond memories of driving down the road, listening to that thing. Yeah. I, I've always, I felt like there was always like this, um, like actually, I, like I really wish we, we were able to do more work together. Like when we were, were both, like both active, just cause, uh, I feel like there was like this like very common sadness between both fans. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah. Like musically where I was like, man, like I just really resonated with me. Like, like all those early albums, like I just, I, like those would be like, we, we, it was like burnt CDs we had back yeah. then. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that would be like in the van. Yeah. <laughs> and we would, we'd be rocking that stuff all the time, man. It's crazy. Small yeah. world. But I remember like ATP, ATP, I was able, I was able to tell Paul, like, you know, like from the side of the stage, like, I, like how much, like, I love the band. I was like, yo, y'all don't understand, like, how much we dig y'all, man. Yeah. So it was, it was definitely cool, man. Like, yeah, ATP is like one of those festivals, man, that I think it's, it's more fun. It's just as fun for the bands that get invited than it, than it was like for the, for the audience. Cause it's yeah. like everyone was kind of in it together. You know what I mean? It was like such a, such like a, almost like a, it was like going to school together. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy, man. No, it was, it was, um, yeah, they were so fun. I had so many funny experiences and fun experiences. I, and I got to play with most of the bands that I've, I've played in over the years. I have had different experiences at ATP and it was magical. It really was. Sometimes, sometimes getting paid was a bit of a struggle. Oh but. yeah. That's, that's true that's true but i mean like I, I honestly feel that homeboy's heart was always in the right place i do too you know what i mean like i just i feel like i feel like maybe like you know on the on the finance side maybe he got a little over his head sometimes but it got too good he had he had huge dreams and he, he put together like packages that you would never see ever you know what i mean i know they look like, like, I, I they think, look like fake posters if you put an yeah. atp poster it look like a fake po you know that artist yeah. that does all the fake rock posters yeah well, we got to do it together. Yeah, I'm definitely, yeah, I'm definitely happy that I, you know, we were able to be a part of two of those, man, and those were spectacular. Like, yeah. like honestly, I'd, I'd say probably like you know, top two favorite festival experiences, at them, and then uh, my times at uh, Supersonic in uh, Birmingham. Mm -hmm. I think like every time we played there, it's been amazing, man. Like, those people are great. So yeah. Um, well, hey, I'd like to play uh, Boycott off Precipice, and let's talk a little bit about about it after the tune. Sound cool? Yeah, cool.
dark sticky groove on that one <laughs> i love it a lot yeah, of your man. rhythms i mean since i've been listening you know over the past 20 years the, i do always have imagery of of like a tank the wheels of a tank moving you know with with all the high end rolled off but it's always got a hook for me it just sticks in my head even if it's pretty low frequency celebrated loop or something it, there's something magic you got with your looping and your rhythms there's, thank you man there's um i don't know it's been like this constant i don't know search for the i don't know like the the beauty inside of the noise i guess is the best way to put it i hear it i hope that other people hear it but i you know some people hear it and they're like what is this racket you know what i mean this dude's just putting a bunch of like will squealing and whatever on top of like drums but it's all about the the interplay between like the harmonies in the high end in full frequency high end mids and in the low end and you're right it's like you know like there's like this interplay between like the frequencies of the drums and the frequencies of the guitars or you know the noise that we add uh the synths and it just kind of creates like this beauty to me like mm -hmm. i hear i hear i hear beautiful melody i really do yeah um, not everyone hears it that way which is fine you know what i mean like i had this long discussion with um internet uh fan now actually <laughs> mm -hmm. after after it was all said and done but uh I, I just happened to you know go online and uh we we had released um the, the latest song and uh dude was talking about how 
he saw us open up for Tool and how he felt it was the loudest, most obnoxious thing he'd ever heard and how it wasn't worth, worth his time. Oh, man. And, yeah, so, like, I, I, so I liked the comment. And, uh, and as I was going to comment on his comment, yeah. I get a message from him on, on Facebook apologizing. And he was like, he was like, yo, he's like, I'm sorry. He's like, you know, he's like, I, I posted that in a moment of frustration. And it's not really my place to tell people what I don't like. And, and my, my response to him, I was being 100% honest. I was like, yo, you don't need to apologize to me. It's, it's absolutely fine to feel that way. I was like, you know, music, is, like, my music isn't for everyone. And music in general isn't for everyone. Sure. I mean, like, yeah. um, but what, what one person likes and what someone else likes, it's all, you know, it, it's, all, it's all subjective, man. So it doesn't. Like, there's no right or wrong answer. You know I mean, like right. the, the people that like the people that like Katy Perry aren't wrong, and the people who like dialect aren't wrong. You know what I mean? It's just personal preference. As musicians, maybe we spend a lot of time like arguing about like who had the best record or the best riff or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But it's like all of it, man. It's it's all about what what resonates with you. You know, and that's that's what I kind of like I, I told him, and I was like, yo, I was actually about to comment on this, so I was like, do you mind if I posted? I was I was gonna blur out your name anyway because <laughs> I wasn't doing it like to you know, to like out him or whatever, any of that. Like, I don't, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like I was just doing it just to kind of like just say my piece on this. And I, I sent him what I was going to write. And he was like, you know, he's like, yeah, please, you know, post it, man. He's like, you're absolutely right. Cause I, I went on to say to him, you know, it'd be like, just like that with music, you know what I mean? Like it, with artists, it's the, the, to have someone post something like that, like it, like I think like the words that I used, I was like, uh, <laughs> basically I said it, that, that what he had said truly wore my core. Yeah, and and I met I met that I wasn't I wasn't saying that like to be funny I was just saying that because it's like I want that kind of visceral reaction from a person either sure. good or bad I was trying to tell the dude I was just like if you dig it or you don't dig it that's not really the point like I, I as an artist you make a statement mm -hmm. and that's really it and then like whatever statement you make it's gonna resonate with whoever it's gonna resonate with that's not really up to me like I know that sounds like self-centered but it's like that's the only way that real art gets made like he like I've never in my life ever sat here and like worried about what anyone was gonna think about what I released you know I mean or like the way I wrote a song or the lyrics I wrote or the noise I made um and to this dude, you know, what he was hearing was like painful, excruciating noise, and he hated it. And yeah. <laughs> that's, that's fine, you know what I mean? But I also explained to him, I was like, yo, you know, we, and like, I guess like he, he really appreciated that I took the time to like talk to him about it and that I wasn't, you know, that I wasn't upset. And I was like, yeah, I was like, dude, I was like, I've been doing this for 20 years, man. Like, you have to have thick skin to be in this game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I've had worse said about me. I've had like music critics that, you know, that critics that are, quote unquote reviewing my record that just take like personal shots at me personally. Jeez. You know what I mean? And I'm kinda like I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, what is what does me being fat have to do with my music? You know what I mean? Like but like what the where the fuck did that come from? That's that's but, they're just thoughtless yeah, fucking Right, yeah, right. But I'm saying, but again, but it's like it's like man, like if that kind of shit bothered me, I would have I would have stopped putting records out. You know right, what I mean? Like yeah. I don't I'll give a fuck about that shit. Yeah. So but so I told the dude, I was like, listen, man, I was like, you know, also keep in mind that, you know, you saw us opening up for a band like in an arena where we don't really usually play arenas. Maybe it didn't sound the way like I thought it was supposed to sound. I was like, that's a, that's a possibility, too. I was like, I don't know. I was like, I was like, have you listened to any of my records? And he was like, nah, I was like, well, I was like, go, I was like, go listen to at least one. I was like, and if you still hate it, cool. I have no yeah. problem with that. I was like, but I would I would hate that you're missing out on something that you might dig just because of that one experience. And he was like, nah, he's like, you're right. And he came back and, uh, you know, I guess listened to absence and really dug it and was talking about how, you know, like he, like 
you know, he was hearing like these melodies and like these frequencies. And I'm like, yeah, I was like, that's, that's like the gist of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, that's what I've, I've been trying to accomplish. And I think that, uh, like with precipice, man, like with a song like boycott, like it's like a culmination of us searching for that perfect balance of the sonics, the lyrics, the drums, the impact of the music and the impact of the, the words, you know, like if you listen to like our discography, it's like, it's just always been like this like constant challenge of trying to find the right balance. And sometimes mm -hmm. there was restraints in the past, like be it te like technology or be it, you know, with us, like lack of knowledge of how to make something sound exactly how we were hearing it in our head. But the more we do it, you know, like the, the more we're refining it. And, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm as, as pleased as I can be with the way that songs like boycott and like the precipice in general, the way it's sounding, it's yeah. just like us trying to keep pushing and trying to find like that, the way it actually sounds in our head to capture that. You right. know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm sure I'll hate this album in, in like a week or two. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, I, I'm, I'm already kind of, you know, I'm kind of done with it already myself. Like I'm, I'm moving on to the next stuff, but that that's, that's being a musician, man. It's like my favorite record is the one that I haven't written yet. You know sure. what I mean? Like that, that's why we do this. Right. Know? And it, so you kind of hinted at it earlier, and I, I, I think I understand. You started Precipice, and then you stopped for a bit, and then you came back to it. Did it change? The it, premise it, it of was, the record so, change? Yeah, so we, um, our, our, our like process of working on albums, like, we, like I'm constantly working on, I guess you call them like um, song ideas, like, or like the basics of tracks, mm -hmm. which then I just kind of just put away in folders. And then myself and uh, Mike Monteca, when we get around to like, all right, let's, let's start like working on a new album or like working on what the new album is going to be. We'll sit here and I like, kind of listen through all these tracks that I have. And some of them are like, you know, more fleshed out than others. But we'll kind of like, you know, put a group of them that we think will work sonically together, like in, in one folder. And then we kind of start narrowing down from there until um, we get to a point where we're like, all right, like I think we started with something like 50 in the folder. And then we got that down to like 16. And then from those 16, we like genuinely like went in and started working on the album. We were like, all right, like this is going to be, you know, the, the skeleton of the album and we'll work on these. So we were at that stage where they were more fleshed out, where, where me, and, me and Mike were adding, adding overdubs. I, we, had, I, we had brought in um, Joshua Booth, who uh, was part of All Natural Lemon Lime Flavors back in the day. Uh, he's been working with Dialect since the first album. Like he's, you know, been playing guitar, playing. Like he was actually the ATP that y'all played with us. He was playing keyboards uh, with us at that point. Um, so he's just, I mean, he's always been around, man. Like that's, that's like our, you know, that, that's my brother, man. Like that's, yeah. He's he's my he's always credited on on the recent records as musical guru. Like his band, like All Natural Lemon Lime Flavors, is hugely influential in our sound. So we we had him come in and he was doing guitars. We were working on like overdubs together. So we kind of had those sixteen to a point where I was like, yeah, I was like, alright, like these are the ones I want to write to. Like this is gonna be the album. And then the pandemic hits, and I had like a few songs that I already had lyrics to. Um, pandemic hits, everything shuts down. I, you know, start working on meditations. My whole like workflow kind of changes. Everything that happens in the world happens. My whole mental is completely different. Once like the studio is able to open up again and we kind of reconvene, we go back and listen to the 16 and I'm like, I was like, yo, they're not sad enough. They're not angry enough. They're not dark enough. They don't resonate with anything that's happening or that has happened. Right. And it yeah. doesn't, ca it doesn't capture anything of what I want to capture. Um, so we kind of just, not that we scrapped everything 100%, but we, you know, we kind of tore a lot of it back down 
and then removed a bunch of tracks, added new tracks that there's like two tracks in particular, um, Let's We Forget and uh, Devotion. Those were primarily uh, Mike Manteca just brought those, Mike Mayer, like, you know, he, he, he brought those in pretty much finished uh, sonically. Like, I think I added bass to both of them, and then, like, I added, like, a piano to one. But for the most part, like, all the guitar parts, like, the songs themselves were, like, and when I heard them, I was like, yo, especially um, uh, Let's We Forget, when, I, when he played that one for me, I was like, that's, that's the album opener. I'm like, yeah. that, that's the way the album opens. Because I felt like that, to me, captured sonically everything that I couldn't say about what we had just been through. The heartache, the devastation, the just everything. You know what I mean? It just it, yeah. it captured it all. Like, when we work on an album, we think of it as a whole album. I, I always envision people listening to it from top to bottom. And I feel like that one just set up Boycott perfectly. When Boycott hits and it comes in, it's it made it sound like a thousand times heavier than it was. You know what I mean? It's, and it's just like it, the impact of it. It's like this release. And like I feel like that that's exactly how I felt being able to, like, work on this album after being locked up for so long. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It was like, I feel that for sure. It was sure. like that, that, that cathartic release, it was captured like in that moment between those two songs. So, I mean, again, man, like it's like, I guess silver lining in the sense that I'm really happy with what the album is. I just hate everything that we had to, had to go through in order for this album to become what it is. You yeah. know what I mean? But it's like, I feel like, I feel like the album says everything that I wanted to say. You know, Boycott itself, man, like just like the, the protests and the marches and you know what i mean like so much of that that was going on like in the midst of this pandemic it was like so fucking surreal man yeah i, I remember like i remember being like a part of one of the marches uh locally here in union city and uh it, it was heartbreaking inspiring like all to, all in the same moment man because like and like it was primarily kids you know what i mean it was like organized by like high school students man and it was like and that side of it really really impressed me and like also gave me like a little sense of hope, man. Cause I was like, damn, I was like, these kids are like 15 years old and they are much more well-spoken than I ever was at 15, much more like well-rounded and understood the world I know. a lot more than I, a yeah. lot more than I did at 15. So I was like, you know what, man? I was like, maybe if we could hold out a little while, maybe we're going to be okay. Like yeah. once, once these kids like take the reins, man, yeah. for real, you know? Yeah. I had a similar experience with that. I did looking at the, the younger people and, being actually hopeful because they're they're the ones that they know what's up. Not all of them. Yeah, Some was, of them are punks, was, uh, not, Yeah, not, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I again, guess. like I'm, I'm, so, I'm talking in, in, in you know general terms. I, I think yeah, like, in, in general numbers, I feel like the the majority of them know what's up. I mean, yeah. there's always going to be knuckleheads. And of always, course, always, yeah, that's why I make that. We're, we're, hu we're human. There's always going to be assholes, no matter yeah. what. Like, there's nothing you can do about that. But I was I was having this uh, drunken conversation uh, when I was in Evanston with uh, this gentleman who was probably like in his early 60s and uh we were at the hotel bar and i was definitely I, I had no business being at that bar anymore <laughs> but whatever i was still there um and you know somehow you know it, it was like it was like you know this uh you know middle-aged white couple and they were lovely they were they were really nice Evanston is you know pretty well-to-do area man so mm -hmm. you know like i was a little bit out of my element but whatever you know making friends as i always do and uh it was all good and then at one point like he said something that kind of I forget exactly what it was, but then, like, I, my comeback was the one that kind of threw him off a little bit because I was like, he said something, like, you out of left, he just, like, said something about how he voted for Biden or whatever. And I was like, oh, I was like, I thought you were a Trump supporter. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I said it more just to be a dick. Just yeah, to, yeah. <laughs> to see what his response would be. And he was like, no. And then, like, you know, like, 
then the conversation got way too serious because I was like, nah, man. I was like, I wasn't even really going that route, man. I was like, I was just, I wanted, I wanted to just get a reaction out of you. And, but then, like, you know, we started talking about, like, the future and everything. And then, like, the one thing I said to him in my slurred speech at that point, I was saying to him, I was like, you know, I was like, what I, and I told him the story about, you know, going to the marches and, and all that and the younger kids. And I was telling him, I was like, the one, the one hope, the hope that I have is that I hope that I have the wherewithal to know to the wherewithal to know when to step aside and like yeah. let let this younger generation do their thing because I think like the saddest thing I'm witnessing is like the baby boomers just trying to hold on to power at all costs exactly and it's it's like you have to understand that it's not always about you and like it's 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 about what comes next it's not about like you at the end of your cycle you know what I mean like I hope I know like when when to just like step aside and let these kids shine you know what I mean yeah because like like you said it's like I see like the the knowledge, I see the 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 spark in them that you know that they want to fix this mess. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, we just gotta let them let them do it, and don't you know don't don't let like our like our egos and our our like oh like we know better because we've been here longer bullshit. Like yeah. I, like I hope that we could just kind of be allies and you know just let it let it work, man. I'm with you. But I, I feel and like when I told the dude that I saw that I kind of lost him because I, I feel sure? like he's. He's he's one of those dudes who even though he's younger, like he had like that look in his eye, like oh well I know what I what needs to be done, and I'm kind of like dude that's the problem man. Yeah. Like we all think we know, but I don't I don't understand this country where we have like regardless of political party, like we we put power into the hands of people that are like geriatric man. Like, I know. It's insane. I know it's insane. I mean, it's like built you know it's like trying to teach someone younger than you to build a house and you know like don't bend the nails too many. We gotta let a bunch of nails get bent as long as it's gonna yeah as long as it's gonna stay up because the older people are gonna want to start bending the nails and that's gonna get dangerous yeah, <laughs> the house is gonna that, fall down that. if it hasn't already well uh the change you made the the pivot you made on precipice man it's killer um one thing on that just as, as a musician i've been in a position to work on a record or a group of tunes for a period of time and then taking a break and come back with the band or something and scrapped it and that's a bummer to commit to that to just realizing now nah, this isn't right is tough at least for me and uh yeah it, but it paid off it, pay, it yeah, typically it's, pays it's off it's, 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 it's not it's not an easy decision to make but at the same time like it was the necessary decision to make yeah. that's also something that like i always just again man like doing it for as long as i've been doing it and you know when i started this it was, it was me and uh my co-producer it was the octopus mm -hmm. and uh you know when me and him built this man, and like when he when he stepped away, when I when I decided to come back, like he was off doing like something new, like he's working on you know MRC rhythms and like this whole other genre, and you know his heart really wasn't in it, and I, mm -hmm. I dig that, I completely get it. I remember him being like, "Yo, I can see you really want to do this, so you should do it." And I remember telling him like, "Yo, like like I'm not gonna come back and do this, like reform and do this and." put out some bullshit and like sure. tarnish what we like what we worked so hard and what we sweat and bled for and all those floors that we slept on you know what i mean like yeah. when we started this i'm not i'm not going to ruin that by putting out trash and he yeah. knows that you know what i mean so it's like i'll keep doing this because i love it but i'll keep doing this only if i can maintain it at a level that i'm proud of i don't want to release trash i don't want to release subpar material and i try to hold myself to that standard you know what i mean i have that line in in uh in another one of the joints, so I say I hold myself to a higher standard. Mm -hmm. I don't give a fuck if you guys are angry, because that's the truth, man. It's like, yo, like 
I've, I've always made it a, a, a point that everything that I'm on, be it like guest appearances or be it remixes that I do or, or anything that I work on, like I, I don't want to ever work on anything that, I, that I'm embarrassed by or that I regret. I'm not, I don't feel like any, everything I do is perfect by any means. Like I usually, I can't stand shit that I do like as soon as I release it, but I'll stand by it because it, it, all, it all captures who I was at that moment. And I, like I did the, the best that I could at that moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and like you know, like with Precipice, like that, the early stuff. I knew that if we released that that early material, it wouldn't have sat right with me. Like yeah. it just, it wasn't, it wasn't what it needed to be. So, you know, it, like you said, like it's like all those hours and all that work, and we kind of just like tossed that. It sucks, but at the same time, when I think about it, it's like man, like you know, to be a musician, you have to have that that insanity in you where you can sit here and listen to a snare for like twenty hours <laughs> just to get it perfect. So. From an outsider's like perspective, like we're wasting a lot of time anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's like you know, like we we spend all this time on shit that like most people don't even notice. So, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, like I, my time is invested in it because like I'm so passionate for it, and but I I really believe in it, man. And you know, like I I, I have no problem sitting here listening to a snare for for eighty hours. All right. As, you know, it's it sounding right. <laughs> I'll send you some drums. You can listen. To that. <laughs> um, I don't record. I don't record drums. Anymore I know. That's, I do. That's, that's all I record. Now. So I'll send you some. <laughs> um, how did Adam from Tool end up on the record? Well, we we as our new fa- our newfound fan uh, stated, we uh, we toured mm-hmm. with Tool in uh, in 2010, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, it was myself and Octopus, and it was it was kind of funny because we had already like at that point we were already on hiatus. But uh, Adam had actually asked us to tour with Tool a couple of years earlier. We couldn't do it the first time around because we had a European tour that was already booked and we had a bunch of festivals so that we couldn't back out of that. So, you know, we thanked them. We were like, yo, you know, we would love to do it. Hopefully it'll work out, you know, in the future or something. And then, like, a couple of years after that, we were already on hiatus. He contacts us again and we're like, yo, like, we're not even performing his dialect anymore. Yeah. And he's like, yo, what the, he's like, what the fuck, man? He's like, guys, you can't, you can't make it happen. And initially, it was like through our, our label was asking us, and I was like, "Yo, it was like Octopus is living in Europe. We haven't we haven't even played like in a year. I don't know." So all this negotiation back and forth. Finally, like Adam himself like calls us, and we didn't know him at that point. You know, talking to the label, talking to their management, like all this shit. Then finally, I get a phone call. You know, it's a California number, and I answer, and he's like, "Yo, he's like, yo, this is Adam, man. He's like, what the fuck is it gonna take to get you guys to come on tour with us?" <laughs> I was like. Yo, B, I was like, I'm not, we're not trying to be assholes, man. I was like, we would love to. I was like, I explained the whole situation. Finally make it happen. You know, I, I convinced Octopus to come through. You know, he he flies in from, from Germany. Like, we we do this, like, set of shows. So we, we toured with Tool. Just hit it off with Adam, man. And, like, he was just amazing to us, like, from the beginning. Like, we, we toured with him on his tour bus. So really got to, like, build with him and nice. conversate. Uh, they would bring us out, like, and we would, like, uh, do like this like you know like improv like sessions like sections between songs like during their set Whoa. so it was like it was dope man yeah. it was like it was big man like we had never played like arenas like that you know what i mean like it was just like seeing that world was just amazing so like it's, it was the whole experience was just dope in typical dialect fashion you know like i said like we're not very good business men at all mm-hmm. um you know we were already in hiatus so it's like we did those shows the last show we flew out we did la with them we, we hung out with adam and then that was that. We like, you know, I went home. Octopus went back to went back to Berlin, and we just, you know, ceased dialect for a while. Yeah. Like I, I was doing Iconoclast, and like you know, like most like bands would like do a tour like that and try to capitalize off of it somehow. But 
<laughs> to us, we were just like, oh, that was cool. We really enjoyed, like, making friends with Adam and, like, you know, the rest of the guys in school were dope. You know, like, it was cool experience. All right, take care, guys. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I stayed in contact with Adam, Adam and, like, he was like, yo, like, I would love to work on something together at some point. I was like, yeah, man. I was like, that'd be dope. Anytime, man, I want to work on something. Of course, it came with the caveat that he was like, the thing is, you know, we're working on this new album. <laughs> so he was like, I got to knock out this new album first. And, you know, and it's tools, so, you know. Right. It, it just, yeah, that so just the, takes the, a day, or? <laughs> <laughs> so, by the time that, you know, that, by the time that new album came out, you know, like, what was that, like, maybe like a decade later? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, we, we had still, but on the real, like, you know, when they when they came to New York in 2012, they were touring, like, you know, I came out to their show and they actually invited me up as a guest, and, like, you know, I, I, again, like, I wasn't the opener, but they had me come out, like, in between songs with them and, like, perform with them. So there was always like this like want between us like to to work on something together and then you know we start working on Precipice I'm working on this album and like the the song uh, Heritage Inheritance I was yeah. listening to the rough mix one night and I was kind of like yo man like Adam would be fucking perfect on this just like his vibe would be dope I knew I didn't want like a guitar solo like in the traditional sense but I I knew I wanted his sound on it yeah so I reached out to him I sent him the song you know presented him with the idea and he was like yeah man he was like he was cool as fuck, man. He was like, yo, he's like, give me a couple days. Two days later, he sends me like a Pro Tools session with like, he found like this weird loop of my track. Like he looped it in a way that I didn't even, like we, I didn't hear it that way. Oh. And then, and then he like worked his parts over like this loop that he had created. And he called it like, he's like, oh, th this was all like the scratch track. I ended up taking like a bunch of his guitars and kind of making like this, it's a solo in a sense because it's like a lot of his like work, but it's like it was just more about like the again just like the way that the frequencies are working together. Mm -hmm. There's like tracks of guitar noise, tracks of synth that he was working on, and then we added some of those synths and some of the guitars into the actual body of the song that had had my lyrics on it. But we kind of made it like into this like seven minute, which is I guess apropos for a song that you know has Adam from Tool on it for it to be like. Yeah, so it, it should be it should be an epic length song. Yeah, so it worked beautifully, man, because it kind of gives it this weight where you have like this whole intro and then the lyrics come in like more than halfway through. Yeah, it's I know. Like yo, like the whole shift is like yo, like what is this? Yeah, man, and, and it's dope, you know. And they're, they're actually the funny thing is there actually is a guitar solo that he sent. If I have it, yeah. But I told, uh, you know, like it, it, when I sent him the final version, he was like, where's the guitar solo? I was like, yeah, I, was like, I didn't, I didn't want that, which I, I don't know. How, I don't know how many people have turned down a guitar solo from Adam Jones, but <laughs> I, I will put myself on that list. No. Yeah. That song again. Yeah. It's, it's uh, seven minutes or something, but it's, yeah, it's like the meditation, some of the meditation longer tunes, it's worth the wait. I mean, it builds beautifully and, 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 you know, it's hypnotic and you do get a, kind of unwrap all the sounds that are going on in it because, because i mean that's the nature of it being long is you get to spend a little time with it and i think yeah like i i, like I kind of I, I, it's the hypnotic factor is really important to that song and i feel like it's like you fall into it you know what yeah. i mean like you get like enveloped by all of like adam sounds and like all like we have it like you know on headphones it's gorgeous man you have like, yeah. di like different tones that he's playing on either side of you it's really dope, man. There's like yeah. this drone that he has like going out through it that comes in. And yeah, and it kind of builds like this, you know, crescendo where then it like, you know, it goes into this like even more dreamy part and then like the vocals kick in. Yep. And even like 
the there's like a, a Martin Luther King sample. That sample came through on on his guitar pedals just accidentally. No way. And it, like it was, yeah, man. And he was like, yo, and he was so excited about it. He was like, yo, he's like, I, I I left it on a separate track. Check it out. Like this came through. It must have been like from a radio broadcast. And like I told him, I was like, yo, I was like, now I know that this was this is the way it was supposed to be. I was because like, there's every dialect album we've had moments like that where shit just happens like by accident where you're like. Yo, and it's like, all right, now th- that that's what's up. There it is. And I was like, yeah, that was the moment I was waiting for. Where I was like, yo, when I heard it, I was like, yo, that's it, man. I'm like, you were supposed to be on this track. Yeah. And it, I wanted him, his essence, like like the his vibe and his tone and his sounds in our universe. And that's exactly what it is. Like it, it like his tones and his like just living in the in like in the dialect world, but. It just fits seamlessly, man. It doesn't feel forced. It just seems like that, that's the way the song's supposed to be. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what's happening for sure. No. All right, man. Well, I'm going to let you go. But uh, again, your beautiful record. Uh, I I get to listen to all of it before the rest of the world. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, it's, it's, almost, it's almost time, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, April it's 29th. It's about here. Yeah. April 29th, Epic Hack great label and when you go out there go go see these shows in 22 and 23 and beyond um, and if you travel man travel safe i appreciate that man likewise thanks for your time i'll catch you when no i'm doubt. in new york i'll look for you yeah man please do all right take it easy thanks cool man. bye
levels. Prevalent systems seem built for decay. The late reaction to dismay displayed in various ways. Thoughts conveyed concise, oppression seen as might. Toppled by concepts of patience and leverage. Privilege is average and relabeled heritage. A heretic's inheritance, so complex to identify as American. Half saying it's better with other halves attacked by shepherds. Quick to dismiss the very facts of a past mad checking. I play chess, done, put away your checkers. You got to do better, my expectations are tempered. Your contempt for gnosis is showing, exposing fragile forelines. Tipping timers turn out to be small time. Still guilty of war crimes, honestly don't miss the before time. Crimes to execute my best work, exert energy fractional to its return. In turn, I've learned actual worth of each word. Align geometric to amplify the message. A testament to the ancestors. Ain't big on your grand gestures. Empty promises littered across these great plains. Blood soaked remains, nurtured fertile soil. A numerous release from immortal call in the name of progress. What we see are monstrous, reflected and refracted from metastasized cancer. What we lost is time, wealth, and answers. We see heroes and pandas. Hold myself to a higher standard. Don't give a fuck if your gods are angry. I hold myself to a higher standard. I don't give a fuck if your gods are angry. TikTok, motherfucker. Skipper, Brandon, abandoned. Hides the real damage, used to my advantage Y'all can't help but be average The charges are static, so I'm managed Most of the are panic We want a concrete and granite Survival is automatic From my vantage, the tactics are classic Mechanics, the course havoc Impact the phrase, lost the phase The dynamic I hold myself to a high standard I don't give a fuck if your guys are angry